Howdy ads. AP, Corey from the tailgate, home of Aggie football, brought to you by David Coffin, PLLC, tax controversy and litigation lawyers, smart solutions for federal tax issues, experience, respected representation for taxpayers. Over 20 years of experience in tax controversy with offices located in South Lake, Texas, and now opening in Bryan College Station, call 817-251-7049. David Coffin, PLLC. Folks, don't forget to email us at agstailgate at gmail.com. Visit us on the YouTube channel. Make some comments on that. We will get you on the show. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Always a big deal. Corey, a couple of announcements to start off with. Yep. We have joined the Pigskin Podcast Network. Yes, we have. TPPN, just in case you haven't seen it behind us, uh, it's also on the new in the logo. Um, if you go to see, check us out on Facebook and everything, you can see it there as well. Uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network, pretty big deal. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Part of that deal is DraftKings, that you know, as we'll talk about more later on, right? Right. So beautiful thing, Pigskin Podcast Network, folks. Take check it out. Uh. All right, let's start off with some comments from the viewers. A couple of new subscribers, Corey, Donald Kitchell, Johnny Lopez joining the show. Welcome, folks. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Asian Persuasion with a couple of comments says, Love loved, just really loved our podcast this past week. He said, great job. Uh, he also commented on a couple of the players that have sort of transferred out. So Denver Harris, biggest loss in his opinion. It's a big loss. Real solid year before the suspension. Probably would have been the Jalen Jones replacement. Obviously, right now we're working to rebuild the depth at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he will be. It will be felt. It's not as hurt now with Grimes coming in, but yeah, yeah. at the time we didn't know about Grimes. So yeah, look, and I think that he's the sort of talent that probably could compete with Grimes in for the starting spot right next year, this coming year, yeah, in twenty three. So, so that's that is pretty big. I I, I do agree with him. I think that. Um, you're looking at you're looking at a situation where he's a guy that could definitely get on the field and he will contribute um where is at this? LSU where he's going to LSU up, is that where he's going okay yeah. uh also says Adelier would not will probably not beat out Stewart uh who who obviously flashed a bunch so LB LB Overton as it's well not, it's not so much in beating him out it's <clears throat> the rotation it's the depth is <clears throat> what we talked about I mean we still have a lot of depth at D line so I mean yeah in Adelia, I loved the, his his motor. The guy was all yeah. over the field. He was incredible he was motor. And uh, wherever he goes, I think it's Michigan State. He's going to yep. do great. I I agree. And and he'd have been in the rotation for sure. Yeah, um, he's too talented. He's too talented not to have been. It's like saying Diggs is going to play. Right. Diggs is going to play. Yeah, those guys. Those guys are going to have a spot in the on this defense. I mean, they got Hicks coming in. He's going to play. He's a freshman. I mean, but, but to his point. Adelier is probably a guy that you, with the guys that you have around him and on the roster still, is not going to be missed as much as Harris, for example. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He did also say that he thought Russell was a sort of bigger loss than White uh, because he started to produce some big plays this past year, in spite of the fact that he's inconsistent still. White just hadn't progressed really since his sophomore years. Sort of the, the point. I thought Russell. He just seemed out of position too much. He didn't seem as athletic as White did, and I think we discussed that before. But you know, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I think. Look, as you look at those two guys, neither one of them took a step forward really this past year. I think maybe Russell did because, and maybe that's his point. Russell took a step forward from the year before where he didn't get on the field hardly at all. Right, right. he made some big plays. White sort of. Stayed stagnant. He was probably ahead of Russell coming in, but he sort of stayed stagnant and maybe even took a step back. So I could see that. But either way, neither one of those two guys was sort of a huge, you know, presence for this defense by any means. And we definitely need more out of whoever is playing that second linebacker spot. Right. Um, Other news and notes outside of that. uh, No one really knows what's happening at OC. Uh, could hear something this week, but it probably is something waiting at maybe waiting after the natty. What uh, you were saying something about I, it maybe? I'm I'm gonna throw out a couple of 
a, a couple of names here. All right, go ahead. I'll see how excited I get. Uh, first of all, on campus already, James Cooley. Currently, that he's got the title of OC. By the way, doing a great job. Uh, he's also he was also he's also I have the no team. idea who's OC. <laughs> yeah, uh, wide receivers coach as well. Um, so he was fo- he was the OC for Fisher at Florida State for a, a period. While Fisher called the plays. Yeah, while Fisher called the plays. Was the co-OC at Georgia for a few years before he came to A&M. Yeah. And that Georgia offense got better when he left, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so so he's a guy that's been there and called plays, and obviously he was the co-OC last year with with on Jimbo's Dickey. staff with Dickey. And so he's a guy that has been on campus. You say here. call plays. What do you mean call plays? He did not call plays. I know. I thought you just said he called plays. No, he did not. not yeah, I don't remember him calling At Georgia, plays. he did. Oh, okay. Um, but don't think, you know, don't put it past Jimbo to say, okay, yeah, we're, we're replacing the OC, but we're basically giving it to Cooley, who's a guy that he's obviously likes and, and has on staff. That's exactly the problem. Um, but I'm not saying that that's the only option here. There's a, a guy, Brian McClendon who is the passing game coordinator right now in Georgia. Right. Uh, is a guy that I think is an interesting name. He has been the OC at South Carolina in prior stops. He was a, co- he was a passing game coordinator at Oregon and Georgia. Um, so uh, he's, he's done it in a few different places with some success. I mean, that passing game, it's not, it's, it's not sort of that – Super explosive, you know, high octane TCU type passing game, but they do some very good creative things with the tight ends. They'll do some rubs and whatnot, more so than what we do. Oh yeah, they do a way to get individuals open instead of as a. And so you know what I've said all along is that I don't think Jimbo is going to go so drastic to hire a guy like Riley, you know, to call plays Mm -hmm. and completely overhaul the offense. I think it's more of a subtle move. With somebody that fits the system, um, that fits the system, and it's just a slight upgrade in or change in what the philosophy is, right? When you say somebody's a passing <coughs> coordinator, does that mean does he call plays on the field, or he just gets them ready for and gives them to the offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator? Munkin, Munkin is the guy that calls the plays over there, so okay. he's he's more of just the guy that sort of helps in the design process and. And obviously, they're giving suggestions to Todd Munkin as the game is going along. Hey, third down, what do you think about this one here? And so he's he's sort of helping in that process. He's the wide receivers coach over there, you know, and he's been a wide receiver and all those types of things. So the guy's got uh, got you know some experience that he played. The, the the thing about it is he played at Georgia, so right. maybe he doesn't want to leave. So are you uh, saying that he would come in and be our offensive coordinator? I would say that. Yes. Has, has he been an offensive coordinator before? He, he. Uh, That's the only thing I want to know. I don't. I don't know if he's. He was the offensive coordinator, as I said earlier, okay. at South Carolina. He was also co-offensive coordinator at Oregon, and uh, so he has experience with offensive coordinator. Game. I didn't know. All I heard was a passing game coordinator. I yeah. Didn't know. Okay. Now, and and here's the thing, right? But this, the other reason to me, it points towards a direction that Jimbo would go. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's about a change, slight change. Right, he doesn't want to completely overhaul the system. He likes what he sees out of that Georgia offense and passing game. It still involves the run. They're still based off of the running game, the tight ends, those types of things. However, the other thing that I think allows him to do is say, "Okay, bring this guy in," and maybe it's him and Cooley calling the plays, or maybe it's Cooley calling the plays with this guy as the passing game coordinator and Jimbo in the background. You know, it, it. You don't know how they're going to quite structure that on the staff, but I, I wouldn't expect that they're just going to hand him the coordinator role and say, "Hey, you roll with it." Right? Nothing's going to change the way you're talking right now. It's going to be Fisher calling the offensive plays. He's getting the yes men in. It's not. It's going to be the same. That's what I'm worried about. I think that. I mean, he, he don't want to change could, his system. He, He's going to be – I think he's going to be involved, and that's why he wants to keep a system that's similar. Yeah. But I think he's he's probably going to hand the play calling duties to one of these guys that he knows very well and has 
been with it for a long time. And he'll be up in the booth watching the game from above. Jimbo, no. No, I'm talking about the offensive the coordinator. Offensive and he'll be watching and calling plays in. Right. He's going to be the, but he's going to be calling mm-hmm. every, every play. Jimbo, of course, is still going to have input, right? And we're not going to be calling three timeouts in the first whole five minutes of the game? Let's hope not. That's okay. That's different. That's, <laughs> that's game management. Um, so those are a couple of guys. Uh, you know, I don't know why I keep coming back to the connection with Georgia. Right. But I think it's because they still run an offense that's somewhat similar to what Jimbo wants to run in a pro-style, you know, run-based offense. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, As opposed to going Riley at TCU and we're going to chunk this thing all over the place. Now, mind you, they, they ran the ball pretty good. This past year, but you don't have any like big names jumping out there like we've talked about before, like names that we really can recognize. Names that people that like we people about were throwing the, out there. Katrina, not like, Jimbo, mind you. Right. I don't think those are Jimbo's names. Right. Yeah. These are names that other the media, the people the guys like, from North Carolina right, that they were throwing out there. Yeah. I don't think those are Jimbo's names. No. I think this is a more Jimbo name. I got you. Uh. So you'd be happy with this hire? I would be happy with this hire if it also included play calling duties. Yeah, gotcha. Because I mean, that's a huge just the play calling duties. Look at Hypo over at uh, Tennessee. We've talked about it for for over over a year, right? We've talked about it actually since Jimbo got here. Really, about his play the fact that not just his play calling, but the fact that he's got too much to work to do to also be the primary play caller on offense, right? There is too much for a head coach at a big-time college program to do for him to also have the focus and necessity to call the offensive plays. You know, he can't pay attention to what's going on on the field during the defensive time. He needs to do his job. If if he can't – and he can't make the adjustments offensively at the same time, right? Well, he's too busy yelling at the quarterback the whole game. I mean, why didn't he yell at the offensive coordinator – that way, and that's it goes to downhill. Me, to me, that's the that's the that's the reason. Look, if he were solely the play caller and solely the offensive coordinator and this and that, hey, maybe he does a better job with that. But he probably that we probably have somebody that could do a better job with managing timeouts, with looking at situational stuff on the field, with all those little things that also come up in the midst of a game that a head coach is responsible for, right? Right. And in this, in these situations now, especially in transitions, how often did we have like a timeout that they called as they were transitioning from defense to offense? It's like, you shouldn't have that timeout right there. That should never happen because a coordinator is already dealing with that. The head coach is dealing with all the transition stuff. Right. The coordinator who's about to get on the field now can sit in there and make the, already have the play calls and have everything ready to go for the, without the head coach being involved. Because, see, I think Jimbo, if you break it down, is a good <coughs> head coach. I don't think he's a bad head coach. Right. He's not good at giving people jobs and letting them do their jobs. Mm-hmm. If he did that, he'd be a, a great head coach. That's what Saban's learned how to do, right? Correct. Saban's turned over the offensive plays. He went from a, a running team to now they're more of a passing team, right? And yeah, but Saban was also, you know, he was a defensive guy. A defensive right? guy. Yeah, but he's still, he's special teams and defense. He hangs his hat on all that secondary. But he, yeah. but look how well they're doing. I mean, other coaches that do that. Kelly, he does a good job at that, does he yeah. not? Yep. I mean, everywhere these guys. I think Kirby Smart. Kirby. Great. Kirby Smart has, you know, who's who's obviously a, a, you know, a defensive guru and everything else and all the different things, but he doesn't call the plays, you know? He doesn't call the plays. He's giving that up. And he probably he, should have one. what what he maybe he should have done it, um, but what he does is he does instill his his sense of toughness and whatever on the way they practice and those details that they focus on and all those things. And Jimbo's going to continue to do those things as far as making sure that the details are are taken care of in practice and those types of things. Right? right. That's about attitude. It's about how the you know the team comes together. It's about you know. All those things that really help a team and a coach can focus on. But we, we've, we've watched Jimbo's practices over the last couple of years as many times as we've had the opportunity to. And the guy is 100% a quarterback coach. That's it. That's all, I mean, that's all he's talking to is a quarterback. He's not talking about guys who miss blocks or run wrong routes so much, but he's worried about the quarterback who he didn't see his reads 
And, I mean, you have quarterback coaches for yeah. that. You have offensive line coaches Correct. or something else. And Jimbo needs to be talking to these guys about stuff he's seeing everybody do. And he also needs to go spend time with the defensive line and the linebackers and the cornerbacks and mm-hmm. the wide receivers and the, the offensive line and yada, yada, because all those guys are are technically coached by him, right? And they also need to see their head coach there from time right. to time. He has to continue to build those relationships. It can't just be one-sided. Because, um, I mean, I feel like we do a lot of Jimbo bashing, which he deserves on some right. parts. But he does a good job at other aspects, like yeah. recruiting. He does, Team building. Yeah, he does a good job at that. And, you know, getting guys – this year I was I was impressed that he held guys accountable for yeah. messing up. I also thought – I think generally, he, yeah, he does a good job of, of getting the players to buy in, right? Right. And and trust me, you, you, never hear those guys, you never hear those guys talk bad about Jimbo. Yeah, you don't have guys coming back for their fifth or sixth year because they don't like the coach. And so on that note, let's – a couple of – Couple some news and notes this week actually. Yeah. Um, Already. First one is Damani Richardson's Damani, coming back. Huge. So he's he he makes it he makes it known to everybody. Look, I think it's a I do think it's a pretty big, uh, <coughs> pretty big and good job by Jimbo and the staff to get him back in in the right. fold for next year. We talked about it this year. We don't. Know, I don't. I didn't think he had a great year. Right. He. I didn't think so. he made big plays at times. But, but were I they really his big consistently, plays? Consistently, he, he didn't was have part huge, of the big play. Yeah, he was part of big plays. Yeah. I mean, other guys like Chappelle or whoever else getting in there, getting the block, getting the right. fumble and pitching it to Monty. But, yeah, overall, I thought his play for the year was below par of what we expected. For him, though, another year of continuing to develop as a leader, yeah. I think, is big for him. I also think that it's on this coaching staff, the defensive coaching staff specifically, to now take and see, look, this is what we think he's really good at. Maybe a hybrid-type linebacker, right? You think, he's big, you think he's big enough? Yeah. I th- did you see him on the field last year? I, mean, I, the saw, dude, him, I saw him in the, the practice we went to, the spring practice or whatever. Yeah. He looked huge. He looked huge, but he didn't play huge. Right. That's the problem. I mean, a guy like Chappelle, who's smaller than he is, plays bigger and plays in the backfield more than Damani tries to get back there. So takes maybe takes some of the responsibility in the passing game off his sheet, right? Like, hey, yeah. look, I'm not a pass guy anymore. I am going to be a downhill, go take on the run, rush the passer, <laughs> you know, just uh, hey. convert him into a linebacker, basically, an outside yeah. linebacker, and just let him go. They could try that. I mean, but we still don't have that kind – you think we have that kind of depth at secondary to – let Damani come up. I know we don't have any depth at linebacker. Don't get me wrong. We don't have any linebackers. Well, that's that's my point. And do we have that kind of depth in secondary? Well, yeah, all of a sudden we just added Sam McCall out of Florida State. You know, a cornerback. He played some safety at Florida State as well. He's a former five-star big-time recruit in the 2022 class right. um, out of Florida. Right in high school, he played some wide receiver. He played DB and all those types of things. But... Uh, you know, mostly size-wise, he's a corner. But now, all of a sudden, you get him. We talked about Grimes, mm-hmm. right? And the secondary starting to feel pretty good, right? A couple right. of freshmen, uh, three three freshmen to be exact. And then with the guys that you have at safety, especially, you know, Anderson, especially Matthews, especially uh, Gilbert, right? right? With those guys. Even Kerr, mm-hmm. you feel pretty good at the safety spot, you know, where, where you can get some of those guys on the field and take care of the job as far as some of the pass coverage stuff and the things in the back end. Right. With Richardson all of a sudden bumping down maybe to a hybrid linebacker, you know, inside guy, you know, and let him just be more, much more aggressive, a downhill player. See, I hear what you're saying, but I like knowing what I already have. I know I have a good safety in demand. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. I don't want to. Take I think we that. got better safeties. How about that? Better than him? Yeah, I think I think okay. that Gilbert and Anderson are going to be better safeties in the month. I almost like Anderson better as that hybrid. Oh, I love Anderson because that guy. I mean, he's the guy that played in the backfield. He'll get in the backfield. See, and but to me, to me, Demani, he's so much Demani better hit. in coverage, right? So he plays that Antonio Johnson position out of the nickel. For me, Anderson can play that. He can cover. He right. can also play up in in the box and make plays. He can do all those things. Damani, I think, is much more limited in the coverage side of things. Hmm. Or he has been for us. He, he, I, I don't know what the limitations are. 
what's causing the limitations. Maybe it's the fact that they've got them doing too much. And so then you just take all the shit away from them, let it put them into, okay, here's your, here's your one response. Okay. You want to be, you put you at deep safety. Can you do that? And just that, right? Limit what the different things totally that he's doing. In. Right. Man on man. Somebody, tight needs, somebody, somebody needs to, right? Yeah. We don't do that at all. Nah. And so to me, maybe it's a limit. It's a matter. Of, and he's been here for four years. So that makes it sound a little crazy. Like why would he have problems with the different? Well, he's also changed. Defense coordinators in the middle, right? Coaches and all that stuff. Yeah. So the question to me is, would he be better off if you just took and make took the th- one thing or two things that he was the best at and just did that? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I mean, because I'm also trying to, I'm also trying to give him. You want to get your best players on the field? Is that what you're trying to do? And, not, what, and not, only, to. not only that, I'm also trying to make sure that we're doing the best we can for him as far as developing from the next level, right? How, how am I going to get him? How am I going to get him into the NFL? Well, I got to make him. I got to have him make plays for them to notice him in the NFL, right? right? Well, he made plays this year. He scored what two touchdowns? Yeah, two touchdowns. Um, another. Another piece of this are obviously Demonte we just talked about with Sam yeah. McCall in the transfer portal, getting him out of Florida State in addition to Tony Grimes. I mean, I think those are those those are two really big additions at Huge. cornerback. Well, yeah. At cornerback. Flipped wide receiver Raymond Cottrell from Georgia, four star, six two, two hundred and three pounds out of Milton, Florida. This kid this kid's a good ball player, man. I didn't even know he was on our radar. Right, I had no idea. Just out of everybody had sort of sh- sort of thrown up yeah. the, the flag with the recruiting stuff. Hey, there's our class. It looks good. Yeah, and here here Just comes another addition. Um, they said we're up to number twelve now. <clears throat> that's pretty huge. Yeah, for a smaller class, it's still yeah. You know, at at uh, at nineteen with McCall with with uh, Cottrell, I think get to to nineteen. And that's a position of need. Wide receiver, for very time. much a position of yeah. need. Yeah. Um. You know, don't know. Still, we still don't know what's going to happen with Anais. If he's going to come back, if he's going to keep, if he's going to go pro. Obviously, he comes back. I feel really good about the wide receiver position. All of a we sudden, we talked about it. Demani was on the. We were on the yeah. 50 50, I think mm-hmm. we said about him, and he came back. And yeah. we we're about the same way with Anais, weren't we? Yeah, I think I think I probably felt more about Demani coming back than I did Anais. I I still think Anais with what he's shown on. On campus, I think he will get drafted somewhere because he's such a football player. See, I don't know if he'll get drafted or if he's going to be more of a undrafted free agent, which is it worth him to go to the next level if he's an undrafted free agent? Not as an undrafted free agent, but I think if he's a draft pick, I think it could be worth for him because at some point, age does factor in. We'll have to call Mel Piper up and see what's yeah, going we'll on. See. We'll see what he says. Yeah. Um, so... So those are some good additions, and we'll talk a little bit later on about sort of where the roster still sits. Um, today we're going to start and go back through some of these bowl games. But before we do, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to <clears throat> when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I love those six seventeen parlays. I love betting just a little bit to win a lot. I love the easy, fast payouts. The DraftKings is awesome. Awesome when it comes to all that. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check it out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook, at place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props point totals more the more legs you add the bigger the boost the bigger your shot to win big i love just risking a little bitty five dollars five thirty whatever yeah. and then winning like 300 hey that's my kind of thing do it all the time Call to action. <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Right. Use promo code TPPN. Place $5 bets on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Code TPPN. There it is. DraftKings, baby. Get it. Get it. Oh, what do you think, Corey? Love it. DraftKings. 
All right. Be on there this weekend. Probably tonight. <laughs> All right. So we're talking some bowl games. Let's start in the SEC. SEC at this point is six and five overall. Still one game remaining with Georgia, TCU, and the in the Natty. In the Natty, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Let me tell you, my bets on bowl games. Hasn't been good. No? No. No, no. no. I bet you that the SEC has let you down a few times. Quite a few. Um, look, some losses that probably were – Oregon State beat the mess out of Florida, right? Florida's – you know, all their offensive players were gone. Yeah, Richardson didn't you play. Know, Richardson didn't play. So, not necessarily a surprise. Wake beating Mizzou, not yeah. necessarily a surprise, yeah. right? Wake. Hartman played the yeah. quarterback. We weren't sure about that, yeah. So, 27-17 on that one. Yeah, took Missouri. Look, Arkansas and Kansas was an awesome game, 53-55. Yeah. Arkansas was up ahead quite a bit, and mm-hmm. Kansas gets a gets gets an onside kick. They get a Crazy. turnover at the end, and boom, 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 tie the ball game, yeah. and then go overtime. I mean, the, but what an awesome believe. game. It was crazy. But a big win for Arkansas, by the way. K.J. Jefferson, who will be back next year, played a real nice game for him. He stays healthy, man. That guy's – He's, he's a player. Awesome for, yeah, absolutely. He's a player. Yeah. And you know what? He's gotten better every year he's been there. He's not looking to run as much as though. Right. Yeah. And I would expect I would expect him to take another step next year going into his last year or whatever. Um, I hope not. Uh Texas Tech beat the mess out of Ole Miss. Your boy Lane Kiffin. They didn't is, look like they wanted to be there at all. And he's he's just a clown. How many times he did he go for it on fourth down? I think he went for it like eleven times and got it twice. That includes sometimes on his side of the field. I mean the guy's just a clown. He's not a championship coach. He's got – I mean, he obviously does a pretty good job offensively, but other than that, I I, I have no respect for Lane Then he had to come out and say that one of the players from Tech spit uh, on him. And he's done that now slur. several times this year, talking about the players. I mean, after yelling at the Aggie players and all this stuff. Like, the guys the – guys Grow up, Lane. Grow <laughs> up. I know you're watching. I know you're watching, Lane. Uh, Notre Dame beat South Carolina at 45-38. Look, that was a much more exciting game than we thought. I mean, Notre Dame, you know, yeah. lost their quarterback prior to and and all that. But, you know, they came out and played pretty darn well. South Carolina looked good and came back. I'll tell you what. Game. What's his name? Quarterback for South Carolina? He looks like the version that we saw at Oklahoma at first. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing the ball over the field. I mean, putting throwing dimes right there, just putting it right on the money. But Notre Dame, that, that rushing attack they had, that – those running backs Those are tailbacks huge. are huge. Oh, man. They just – you see them like a bowling ball just going through people. Uh, offensive line-wise, they play well. Like you said, those tailbacks and what they do there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's going to be the basis of what that team does going forward. Um, South Carolina, I think, all of a sudden is scary to some people going into next year. Yeah, right? They Beamer's finished the year – they finished the year beating Clemson. They played a good game here against Notre Dame. The offense is starting to look like a legitimate offense. They found um, their coach. Huh? He was a good coach. They yeah. found their coach. Just like Heupel in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, two or three years ago, both those schools were like, who's coaching them? What's they beat Tennessee. On? They beat right. Tennessee. So so that's a pretty strong finish to that season. Going into next year with a lot of those guys coming back, right? right. Rattler coming back. They beat Clemson. Yeah, they beat Clemson. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do. Not against us necessarily. Are we playing Tennessee next year? South Carolina, we oh, South Carolina, and yeah. Tennessee next year as well. That's a pretty oh, tough. God. That's a pretty tough uh, pair out of the East. Yeah, uh, for the Aggies. Um, look, Bama beat the mess out of K State, forty-five to twenty. We called that beforehand. We thought yeah. because Bama's players came back and played. Man. Yeah. I mean, Young, Anderson, Gibbs, uh, a Branch, the the safety. You know, all those guys said, no, 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 no we're not going anywhere. We're going to come back and play, and then we're going to declare. That shows a lot, man. I, I think it shows a lot about those players, and I think mm-hmm. it shows a lot about what Nick Saban's done there at Alabama and building a culture and a team, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that Kansas State team, not too not too shabby. That little no. running back, Vaughn, oh, he's, he's tough for he a little guy. I, 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 I told you about it. You know, they, they had the coin flip going on. And, Will Anderson. You know, and Will Anderson comes up on the Alabama side as one of the captains, and then there's Vaughn, and they go to shake hands or like a little – and he's like at his waist, yeah. you know? <laughs> come here, little buddy. Come here, little guy. Uh, so, big-time game there for Alabama. That thing was over at halftime or whatever. Iowa beat the mess out of Kentucky, 21 nothing. God, they need a quarterback. <clears throat> Who'd they get? Did they get somebody? Did they get uh, the guy from North Carolina State? Who'd they get? 
Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to say that we'll they brought in somebody. It. We'll have to go back and look at that. Either way, Kentucky just I thought really a down year for them. Yeah. Um, not just Levis. I mean, they, the the offense definitely took a step back. They replaced their offensive coordinator this past year, and I think it hurt. Yeah, we expect um, a lot of Kentucky this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I thought so as well. Yeah, that running back coming back too. LSU beat the dog mess out of Purdue. Oh, that was ugly. Sixty-three to seven. They oh. hit the over basically on their own. They did. Uh, pretty impressive on for on LSU's part as a bounce back after losses to Georgia and Texas A and M, obviously, right. um, to come in. You know, Daniels has 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 a good performance. They're able to do some things, and they just absolutely they use both quarterbacks in that yeah. in that game. Uh, Newenberger, whatever. And Daniels is Giants. He's coming back, right? He's coming back. They did lose Boutte, who's who didn't even play in the game. He's going to the draft. But there's they they used a number of wide receivers that had real they nice got, games. They have a lot of talent. So there's talent there. Uh, Kelly's the, doing a great job. The one thing I would think for LSU is that. Those guys are going to now be in the second year with Kelly, so that's just mm. going to help that team, right? Who would you rather have, Chip Kelly or Jimbo? If you had a pick right now. Let me say this. I don't like Chip Kelly. I think Chip Kelly's a douchebag. There you go. Um, but so you, I like him as a coach. So. so you take him over Jimbo? You got Jimbo, Lane Kiffin, and Chip Kelly. Who you take? I'm probably still taking – I'm probably taking Chip, to be honest with you. But I mean, what he did with that team this year—it's pretty yeah. impressive. They won, I, but the I don't like they the won the West. I don't like the guy. Year. I don't like him at all. I and you know how I feel about Kiffin. You love Kiffin. Um, so so there's that. Uh, Mississippi State—a a win in honor of Mike Leach, yeah. nineteen to ten. You know that that that's a group there that that really uh, obviously was trying to play for a coach that they really loved and cared. It was really for. emotional game. Yeah. Uh, did you see what they do with the helmets? They put the pirate on the helmet and yeah. ML underneath. So the TCU. Lead. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it is it's really cool. Um, let's talk about this Georgia Ohio State game. Actually, let's talk about the Tennessee Clemson game first. Okay. Tennessee thirty-one, Clemson fourteen. Look, I was very impressed with Joe Milton, who came in at you know with Hendon Hooker having been hurt. Yeah. You know when he started last year. He just didn't look good throwing the football, right? He could not have completed a pass to save his life last year. He, it was all run, 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 run. And that offense struggled at the beginning of the season with him in there. When Hooker came in and started throwing the football, that's when they blew up. Right. Being in that system with Hypo, Milton is better. Milton's talent, man. He's a big guy. We said it the other day. He's like 6'5", 240, 245. It's a big man. And he's grown as a passer. He's athletic. Yeah, he's grown as a passer. I mean, he was the, supposed to be the guy starting yeah. when uh, he and Hooker came there. And so, I mean, it's not like he, they don't have talent. And he's going to be back. Is Hooker back too? No, I think Hooker's gone. Now, here's here's the thing. that To me, that's a compliment on Josh Hyper. Yeah. He's taken these guys that elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hooker at Virginia Tech wasn't any good, right? Yeah. And, and – uh, this guy at, at Michigan wasn't any good, right, Milton? Right. And he's taking them both, and all of a sudden, they look pretty decent. Yeah. Like, well, Hooker looked great. The whole Tennessee team looked good. Yeah. So, I'm impressed with what Heupel's done there. We'll see if he can be consistent next year as a starter for Milton, right? But he had 251 yards passing, three touchdowns. Yeah. On the other side, for Clemson, the freshman looks like a freshman, right? Yeah, he did. He had the two iron interceptions. He just looked uncomfortable the whole game. I don't know, and we've talked about this for the last two years for the offense with Clemson. They, I didn't like their offense coordinator last year. This year, they still look just a little Yeah, even off, with that right? or yeah. whatever, they didn't look good with him or this Cade guy. I mean, just and I like their players, right? They got a, yeah. a good tail. Good Chipley is a good running yeah, back. Chipley. The other guy behind him is pretty good. You know, they got some weapons on the outside, young weapons on the outside as well. <laughs> but yet that offense just never looks smooth, right? right. Um, so big win for Tennessee in a game they weren't favored in. Right. Big win that wasn't even really that close. Right. Lost me on that. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, 42-41. to 41. 
Look, Ohio State leads throughout this game, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was a period there where it was kind of back and forth there at the end of the first half, and then they pull away a little bit more again. And somehow Georgia wins at the end. Ohio State misses a field goal. Well, Georgia missed a couple of field goals. Georgia misses a couple of field goals. You know, look, and you look at the numbers, right? You look at the numbers for the two quarterbacks. Bennett, 23 of 34, 398 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. The exact same 23 of 34 for Stroud, 348 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. You're thinking, man, those numbers look pretty good for Ohio State. Good for both teams. Right? Yeah. Uh, Ohio State can't run the ball. But they couldn't run the football. Yeah, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Georgia, that defense, which I was expecting more pressure. Yeah. Is Stroud not sitting in that pocket all day long, it seemed like, and just pick his receivers? Like, um, yeah. I'll just give him time to get open. He'll get there. So, out of all the things that we've heard about Georgia's defense all year long, yeah. like how good this this group is, and they were they were good. pretty good at times during, this, during this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At times during this game. But like you said, Stroud had all day to throw. If there was a, if it was a four man rush, on Ohio hands. State, on Ohio State hands. just absolutely dominated them up front. I didn't see anything from Jalen Carter, this supposed number one draft pick. I think he 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 had no effect on this game. I didn't see him. You and I were looking for him the whole game. Like, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's. I'm not saying he got manhandled. He just yeah. wasn't the dominant factor I thought he'd be. And I don't know if at some point Ohio State got a little bit conservative trying to run the football at mm-hmm. the end, right? But at the end of the day – they scored on five of their first eight possessions, scored touchdowns on five of their first eight possessions, and then they didn't score a single touchdown in their last five, mm. right? And they were, I thought they got a little conservative. They handed the ball off a couple of times more than they would have normally, you know. Because yeah. for them, what got them going and the only thing that kept them moving was exactly that. Stroud was sitting there, CJ Stroud was sitting there yeah. with all kinds of time in the pocket and those awesome receivers, like Buka and, and Harrison, obviously – you know, we're getting open over time, right? And, yeah. And and they were making big plays there. Because it seemed like Ohio State was getting more pressure on Bennett than Georgia yeah. was getting on Stroud. Oh, for sure. And then it just didn't make any sense to him. It was like the script was flipped. Yeah. And uh, I didn't I didn't see that coming. Then that, then that big tight end for Georgia got hurt. Uh, Washington. Washington. That, yeah. was, that, was a, that was a big loss. Harrison got hurt during the game, too. And uh, Bowers uh, didn't seem to be the guy I thought he'd be in that game. I thought they'd get the – Bowers the ball more because he's just he's so dominant. He was clearly a focus of that Ohio State defense, yeah. right? Because he they use him in so many different ways and doing so many different things. Whether it's handing him the football, mm-hmm. screens, you know, and passes down the field, obviously different things. But I don't know if if Ohio State made him such a focus of their defense, or if Georgia didn't really game plan. To try to get him the ball in whatever way possible, but Georgia did. Get it did the ball seem that to they were trying to get guys. to the wide receiver. Guys. Yeah, their wide receivers right. looked really impressive. I wasn't expecting that at all. That might be why they got flipped. He's like, man, this yeah, is pretty good. Um, look, we talked about it. Georgia missed two field goals. They had uh, an INT that led to a another Ohio State touchdown. Um, they, I think, at the end of the game, where. Stetson Bennett had the experience of last year that he was able to sit in there, make the plays necessary for them to go pull ahead. And on the other side, a a more inexperienced Stroud and that offense for Ohio State sort of took, stumbled a little bit, maybe Mm -hmm. got a little conservative, you know, and like tightened up a little bit, gave the game up. Yeah, I guess you said it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of these other conferences. Either way, look, Georgia pulls it out. He's, they got a chance to go win Natty number two against TCU. That's pretty. That's pretty strong. I think it's a big one. We've talked about it with Kirby Smart. I think he's he, he's one of the best current football coaches that there are out there right now. That includes Nick Saban and um, Jimbo. Definitely includes Jimbo. Okay. <laughs> um, but he continues to add to his reputation, right? Right. Uh, another couple of conferences in the American, they go four and three. That includes a two-lane win over USC, by the way. Unbelievable. Did you see that game? I saw the beginning of that game. They were losing 
by 15 with yeah. like four or five minutes to go in the game. Yeah, they were down two two scores with, with four minutes to go. And USC was just moving the ball at will. I'm yeah. telling you, I, I haven't been a big fan of the quarterback there, Williams or yeah. whatever. Caleb. But he was very impressive. I mean, I'm not just talking running the ball. I'm fucking throwing the ball. They didn't have their top receiver. Addison was out. Yeah, look, Caleb, Caleb William goes 462 and five touchdowns, right? Now, he did not get the first half almost. It was crazy what he did. But you know what, te- what What jumped out to me about that game more than anything else? I mean, that great performance by Caleb Williams is, is awesome. <clears throat> but USC gave up 305 yards rushing to Tulane. Look. That was a big play after a big play in that game. There was, you know, they fumbled. USC fumbled the ball on the kickoff, ended up in a safety. So right, stupid. that was that was pretty big. So stupid. And when it mattered, when it mattered at the end of the game, <clears throat> they couldn't run the football. Yeah, they couldn't run the football with the lead, and ultimately, that's what gave Tulane an opportunity to go in and win. We're hearing that, that a lot right? right now. USC couldn't run it with the lead. Ohio State couldn't run it with the lead. But what are we talking about? Get away from USC their game the They get away from their game. Right. What are we talking about? USC at the beginning of the year. We also said that defense is going to have to play better. Yeah. Right. And they they, they did the not. nation in turnovers. Right. Well, opportunistic. <coughs> opportunistic. Giving up three hundred five yards on the ground is going to hurt you. Yeah, that's right. Didn't help. Um, ACC five and four, but their big ones. Clemson got handled by Tennessee. I mean, another North big Carolina. game. North Carolina got beat. By Oregon. Oh, that's right. They did. Uh, Florida State looked good with a win over Oklahoma. I'll say this. I'll Florida say this. State. I thought I I was I couldn't believe that Venables, who obviously the head coach at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and who is the former defense coordinator at Clemson, and everybody loves as a defensive mind, mm-hmm. that he didn't do something to stop. Wilson, the big six-seven wide receiver for Florida State, who had two hundred and two yards on eight catches. The guy was always open and always wide open, except when he wasn't on the field for some damn reason. We kept saying that on big downs, third and one, and third and goal, fourth and goal, and they got him on the sideline. Yeah, stays open. Uh, let's put him on the bench. But you know, every time they needed a big play, oh, he they it. went to him. Oh, they, yeah, he's huge. Me. And if I'm Venables, I finally at some point in that game, I'm saying. Well, let's double cover that guy. We're going to yeah. man up, and we're going to have a safety over the top, and maybe a guy underneath the hell with it. You know, if somebody mm-hmm. else can beat us. Let's go that way. I don't know what year that guy is, but I'd like to see him in the NFL. I think he could do some damage to six seven. Yeah, he's got. A, he's coming back. I think for another year there. At uh, I think he's a sophomore, so mm. uh, or a second year guy. So pretty good. Um, also in the ACC, our boy Elko looked great. Great with a win against UCF, thirty to thirteen. Finishes the season at nine wins. Look, in that game alone, they had six sacks, two turnovers. You know, the offense didn't do a ton, but they didn't hurt them. You know, and so they they end up winning the game pretty easily over a UCF team. Yeah, that's got some respect around the country. And that's got a coach from Auburn. That's got a coach from Auburn, right? Yeah. So I mean. Plumley, a quarterback from Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a bad UCF team. I think did you UCF beat that Tulane team? I think a couple weeks right. ago. So yeah, I mean, uh, very big. Uh, he's got something good going there. I said, That's not an easy I place said, to win. look, I said it when they hired him, right? You remember, I said it when they hired him. I yeah. said, look, Elka's going to go over there and turn that program around right away. And the reason I thought that, the reason I thought that was. That at the end of the day, the way Elko plays defense and the way he sort of coaches that is a very – he loves to do all this different stuff. He's he's very multiple, you know, gives offenses a hard time as long as those players can continuously do it correctly. And here at AM, I didn't love his system because sometimes here at AM, he just needs to let the players play. Right. Right. And that's where we ended up having too many miscommunications and gaps and different things. But at Duke, yeah, he doesn't have the level of player to just go in there and let him play. Yeah, he needs his system to give them the best chance to win. Right, and that's what he's done at Duke, mm-hmm. and it's worked perfectly for them. And I think will continue to work perfectly for them. A lot of folks think that we should t- holler at their offensive coordinator. I don't think it's been their offensive coordinator that's done the their job. Their offense did do better than I thought they would. Yeah, sure. And plus, the, honestly, the ACC sucks. 
That's I mean seriously I mean yeah he's in a great situation I mean Duke it's a hard place to win but they, they play they play they, they won they won games out of the conference too right they played well at the beginning of the year yeah they didn't play anybody big yeah, not big but big but I mean yeah. yeah but I mean Boston College was down you got teams like yeah. Louisville I mean, you got some crappy teams Miami I expect them to be right in the mix again next year nine nine ten win type season yeah that quarterback was actually pretty impressive yeah Big Twelve two and six. Yeah, they suck. Two and six. Uh, TCU. Two big wins with Tech beating Ole Miss and TCU beating Michigan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the matchup against Georgia left. How so, did Texas do? Yeah. So Texas loses to Washington 27-20. Oh. You know, you go if you watch that game, <laughs> we expected that thing to be a super shootout, shootout, right? Yeah. Washington's one of the top scoring offenses yep. in the league, obviously, in the country. And Texas has had a big, you know, they've they scored a bunch of points this right. year. They were the quarterback playing. You what's yours? Yours is playing now. They didn't have their two tailbacks, right? Yeah, Bijan and and yeah. the other one, uh, Roshan, mm-hmm. uh, both both out, getting ready for the NFL. Both of them. Both of them. But here's my thing, though. They still didn't run the football, and I think that that's been a consistent sort of theme with Sark over there at the helm. Is they don't they they fall in love with the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. And in this situation, they couldn't convert on third downs. It was six on fifteen. Uh, they couldn't run the ball. They only fifty-one yards. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think it hurts them. It hurts them as an offense to be able to do that, <coughs> or to do that. And ultimately, you know, Washington converted and and made the plays they needed. I'm really surprised the game was as low score as it was because Washington yeah. has talent that quarterback Penix yep. from yeah Indiana. Indiana. Yep, and they're all coming back next year. Is what I hear. Um, another game in the Big Twelve. Baylor just absolutely gets. Drilled and not by the Air Force. That to me, that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Um, they couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah. Shapin, I don't think, is a very good quarterback. You know, they they chose him over another guy right before the season, and the other guy ended up transferring. transferring. Yeah, they didn't quit football together. Didn't yeah, he? and so he went to Utah or somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Somewhere. Yeah, and but either way, that Baylor offense looked horrible against Air Force, which you can say all you want to. They're disciplined. They're going to do all these things, but they're not as anywhere near the level. You know of what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to run the ball. Then they're going to do one or two play action passes for D. Yeah, sometime during the game. <sighs> Just frustrating. And then obviously we talked about K State. That was sort of predictable. Big Ten, five and four overall, but the two losses in the college football playoffs sort of puts a damper on what they've done. Uh, their best win was Penn State in the Rose Bowl over Utah. Who, I don't know. Didn't look great in the Rose Bowl. It's like they were lost disappointed. Yeah, they lost uh, a quarterback. quarterback at some point early, mm-hmm. right? Well, third quarter, yeah. At Penn State, it was 14, 14, 21-14 when they lost him. Yeah. And at Penn State, Franklin always seems to do just enough to get, like, a little bit more respect, right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan, and talking with between the Michigan-TCU game here, uh, they couldn't. Michigan felt like they couldn't run the ball consistently against that three-three-five uh, defense. Three for thirteen on third down. Um, I'll I tell you, I, that TCU defense is opportunistic as hell. Yeah. I mean, what they have one or two pick sixes, and I mean, they just seem to be. You're like, oh man, Michigan's yeah getting these I mean, big plays. After you're right. Big plays, it, it, and all of a sudden, it's like the whole game was Michigan failing to take advantage of opportunities yeah. to score, right? Because very first possession turnover on downs on a fourth and two where they run a damn reverse pass. What the hell? What the hell that was that? Right, when fourth and goal from the two yard line. Horrible, horrible play mm-hmm. call. The next I think possession was a pick six. You know, and then they get you know get turnover with uh, a situation uh, where they get the turnover on an interception. The referee spotted on the wrong side <laughs> of the field. Yeah, you told me that. Then they throw the damn pass forty. They're four, four yards further back, right? And they throw the pass. It should have been a touchdown because the guy bobbled it when he first caught it. By the time he caught it, he was in the end zone. <laughs> but they reversed the call to a, not a touchdown, get the ball at the one-yard line, where the very next play they fumble it and, and go the other saying, way. I'm it's just a damn to say. I mean, TCU, they played a good game. They played their butts off. And that quarterback, Max Duggan, yeah, that guy puts it all out there. I mean, he yeah. doesn't have great stat line. If you look no. at it, I think he's like 14 or 15 or 29 or 30. 14 or 29 for 225 and two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't – they, they, win, they win the game? They won the game. I mean, that's just... How'd they win the game with exactly. that? Exactly. I mean, the running backs did just enough. I mean, but two two defensive scores, I mean, that'll do it. 
That'll and do you it. said a turnover at two Only defense scores and two, two goal, two line, goal line stands. And then were they stands? I mean, I guess one of them was, but the other one was just a fumble. Yeah. It's just uh, – uh, <clears throat> So Michigan will definitely be regretting that game for a yeah. long time Yeah, with an opportunity to go face a Georgia team that all of a sudden looked very vulnerable, right? And then you had the offseason with Jim Harbaugh. Where they're going to be talking about, is he going to the Colts? Is he going to whoever team needs a coach? Can I say this now? I'm just going to predict that he's sticking around. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Pac-12, 3-4. We talked about the loss by USC, UCLA, and Utah. Also both uh, big losses. Uh, Big wins by Washington over Texas, Oregon State over Florida. Um, You know, so sort of neither here nor there. Nothing Mm -hmm. really all that spectacular. You couldn't, you, you didn't really, you know, get much excited about that. The last remaining ball game in college football, mm-hmm. the Natty, TCU, Georgia, January 9th, Monday night. You know how much I hate it that it's on Monday night? Like, make this on Saturday night so I can go watch it, you know, have a good time, not have to worry about waking up early on Sunday. But no, let's make it on Monday night yeah. so that I got to be up early on Tuesday. Not me. Uh, you I'll take the sick. day off? I'll be sick. Yeah, I, I, you I'm should be. feel something coming on. I feel it too. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Georgia's a 13-point favorite over-under at 62. What do you think? 13's a lot of points. But, I mean, I don't see how TCU can get that lucky again. Yeah. Against a Georgia team that seems to be more disciplined. They had one turnover. And I think the Georgia defense has got to play better. You know what they did. Let me make one comment about going back to the Michigan game. I thought that the quarterback for Michigan, McCarthy, you know, started to show some, some, some things in that game. I thought he. I was impressed. I, with the I guy. was impressed. I was really impressed. I didn't know he was that athletic. Yeah. He, he ran well. Ran the ball. Threw, threw the, ball. the ball well. But going back to this Natty, look, I I do think that thirteen is a lot of points. If I if if I were going to make a bet on let's say DraftKings, I'd probably take TCU. Well, you'd probably lose. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in the over-under 62, every one of these games have been so high scoring these big games. Can they stay that way? I expect you to go under. How about that? So, what do you what, – give me a score. I'm going to go – And who's the winner? 28-24. Ooh, really? I'm going to go 28-24 Georgia. That's 52 points. Yeah. Hmm. 28-24 Georgia. There you go. I don't. I don't know if TCU scores seventeen. Ooh. I want to say like thirty-one to seventeen, cover and under. I like that. I like that. Questions from the tailgate brought to you by Frida Homes, building Aggie dreams. FridaHomes.com. Get on there, visit them on FridaHomes.com. Everybody loves their Frida, Frida Homes. Homes. All right. What is remaining for the Aggies with roster construction for next season? The roster construction for next season, what mm. remains? Well, we need linebackers for sure. Mm, absolutely. That's a big one. We got a little bit of wide receiver depth, which was huge, and we got a lot of secondary depth, which was huge. Yeah. I think we need – we have right now on the roster Connor, Max, and a freshman. So I'd like to see another quarterback in the mix. If you don't know what's going to happen to Max. Yeah. Right? And I'd like to see that. Um a couple of things for me. Number one is, as you can tell by adding the wide receiver control in the freshman class and the recruiting class, they're yeah. still recruiting. Yeah. Freshman. Right. Still recruiting freshman. Yeah. So that's one thing. We'll see what happens there. I don't know that they add anything else in that class, but we got until until February. Yeah. <clears throat> in the next signing period, mm-hmm. you know, to maybe get another key guy here or there, right? right? Probably not a lot, maybe one or two. Like you said, linebackers is a clear need at this point. Absolutely. Over and above everything and anything else. Offensive coordinator. Uh, we've already talked about that. Need a roster. Uh, so linebackers clear number one position of need. You know, cornerback and wide receiver sort of still there in the background. Yeah, but I'm but not, as not concerned really. about them now. I don't Maybe could add a little bit of running back depth with yeah. You know, our three main guys and crown over. Maybe you you try to go pick up a guy that you, can, you just need somebody that's going to be a practice player basically. I mean, yeah, because you have three guys that are going to dominate the ball, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't need somebody that's a game-breaker because you right. have three of them that probably can do it. I mean, you're thinking Daniels, right? Yeah. 
And then you have uh, Moss. Moss. Yeah, I mean. Ruben Owens. Yeah, so, I mean, you're, I think you're set at running back. Just the injury bug hits us so bad this yeah. year. You just can't take anything for granted. You know, and it also depends on who <clears> leaves, <throat> especially we're like, uh, look, over the next couple of weeks, maybe we hear something, but I expect more actually after spring ball, right? Who yeah. leaves? Does Max Johnson stick around? Mm. Him and his brother Jake, for that matter. Right. Because if he leaves, does he take Jake with him? How about a guy like Aki? How about a guy like Preston? Who there? Everybody's still projecting him as a backup in his 17th year on campus. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go somewhere yeah, where he maybe he gets doctor here. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Jackson, the other big, tall, wide receiver, he knows he's not getting any run. Can he go somewhere else and get some playing time at a lower level? Uh, maybe a guy like Bankhead or Chabuzo or Herb. But those are the kind the of guys we need. Line. Those are the kind of guys we need. I mean, because we need depth. We do. We need might depth. lose them, but and the guys the that we bring in aren't going to be starters. I, I see what you're saying. We're just going to. We just need depth. So yeah, depth guys. Because some of these guys may. Some of these guys may decide to leave after spring, right? Where they right. see that they're not going to get on the field either. Uh, but Rakes, gonna, are we just Lucas on the defensive line? You say Rakes? Yeah. Who knows? No. Right. If, Regis, if, no. Yeah, if those guys all of a sudden aren't getting any playing time because it's Nolan, it's Brunlow Dindy, it's McKinley Jackson. And, Rakes got playing time this year. He did, but now. So did Regis. But Brunlow Dindy wasn't playing, right? Rakes wasn't here. And McKinley Jackson was out a bunch. Well, so, that could happen again this year. You don't know what's going to happen. With so, that. but my point is that it's a guy like that, and then you add Hicks, add Hicks, and then all of a sudden when now there's a field. Rakes a junior? Rakes a junior. So oh, he's going to be a senior, actually. So yeah. So Rakes, anyone <coughs> leave? I can see Rakes leaving. I don't see Regis after the amount of playing time he got this year. Towards the as the year went along, his playing time went down. I don't see that. I mean, I thought he was in and out, but I think Lucas would more be a situation where because of the suspensions and everything, gotcha. he, may, he may finally. But, um, and none of these guys have said that or even thinking about it. I'm just saying. I don't even know as what you're talking spring, about that. Now as, you're talking. I give them ideas. They're going to listen. As the like, spring goes forward, and they see now. in spring practice that they're behind this many guys, yeah. maybe they say, "Hey, look, I'm going to blame you on this if they do transfer out." Right, you like, hey, you know, Alejo's right. We're going to. I blame me too. Grass is greener somewhere else. Grass is always greener. All right. With current status of the roster, can Aggies compete in the SEC West in 2023? Absolutely. Like we just talked about it. First of all, still some work to do with the roster and the coaching staff. We talked about both of those things. We competed this year, yes. and there's a lot of games that could have gone the other way. <clears throat> yep. You know, we just got out coached. We didn't get out manned. Two and six in conference in 2022. I'm just saying we didn't get out manned. Like we had as much talent, not more than anybody else. It's just the coaching. Yeah. That's all we talked about that needs to be fixed. We haven't beat a Mississippi school in two years. That's something that I think will change right there, just because the leech factor will be big. That's big. That sucks for yeah. them, but that's big. Yeah. And Lane Kiffin, like I said, his bag of tricks only goes so deep. Yeah. And I think he's about to run out. He's wearing out over there at Ole Miss. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't be surprised um, if he goes somewhere pretty soon. Look, I think that can they compete? Yes, I think they can compete. I think there's we've talked about it. I think there's enough talent on this roster to compete for an SEC West championship, an SEC championship. And going forward from there, there's enough talent. They have to put them in the right positions to succeed. Now, here, at the other side of it is look at the other teams on in the West. LSU is on the yeah. up, right? They've got a lot. They're going to have to replace a lot of offensive linemen. Um, which is huge. Which is huge, right? That's but, the one position that you cannot afford a big turnover, like losing four or five guys. Yeah. And expect to have the same kind of team as last year because we see what happens. You don't have yeah. offensive line. Oh, Look yeah. at your quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball. You can't run the ball. The whole game is thrown away. Put your defense in bad situations all the time. And so that's going to be huge for them. Yeah. It, but it's going to be second year of Chip Kelly, which should uh, Brian Kelly. Sorry, second year. Oh, of we Brian, said Chip a lot of things. Didn't didn't we? We? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, Chip Brian, yeah, they're they're the same, same guy. Chip, yeah. Second year, which definitely gives you an advantage there. You know, the quarterback's now in the second year in the system. Those guys started to play better as the year went along. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Perkins on defense, they've got a lot of tools and everything else. They lost A&M this year already. So, but LSU they, they probably won the, the West, competitor. They, they did, did win the West. They did. Their recruiting's going up. They're going to 
Kelly's going <clears> to <throat> he'll be fine. We thought they we thought that this year would be a down year. Right. And and look, and I, I just don't think they took such a big step this year. I don't know that they're going to take another big step next year. I think they're yeah. they're probably about in the same boat. Alabama's got to take a step back with obviously Young, Anderson, and several others. They lose, I think, four yes. out of their starting five offensive linemen as well. Gibbs, huge. Um, several pieces on defense. So Alabama's going to take a step back to everybody else. Right. Um, as well, Mississippi State, you talked about the loss of Leach. Yeah. is huge. We we think that the longer old Lane Kiffin is, is at Ole Miss, the, the, the worse. worse they're going to be right? Uh, because he's just a clown. Um, mm-hmm. And Arkansas's got a lot returning. Yeah, they're, they're going to be pretty good. Auburn all new, so you know you never know what you're going to get over there, right? Who's their coach? Oh, who did they end up hiring? Did they hire somebody yet, or is it still uh, Cardell? No, it is Cadillac. not Cadillac. It is okay. no longer Cadillac. They did hire somebody. I can't okay. remember who it was. I don't know. So I don't expect them to be. But the East, there. I'll tell you what, the East is a beast right now. Georgia, Tennessee. I mean, South Carolina's on Florida's the Florida's uh, going to get better. Florida. You know, hopefully, you know, I mean, you still got your bottom, you know, Vanderbilt. Right. And but even Vanderbilt came up and had some good games at the end. I'm expecting Kentucky to be down next year because yeah. they're losing Levis. But, you know, Stoops always seems to do better when they don't expect when them. When they don't expect them. Yeah, and this year they expected – which team? Missouri? I mean, Missouri was – But the West is very winnable. The West is very winnable. For Arkansas, yeah. For Arkansas, for A&M. Oh, A&M, yeah. For LSU. Yeah. No, I mean – yeah, I can see it. I mean, you know Alabama's going to be good. You know the transfer portal's going to open up for him. The doors are going to open. Whatever he needs, he's going to get it. It just happens that way for him. And he's a damn good coach. All right. But there's hope, baby. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Giga Maggie's AP, Corey, from the tailgate. 